You are tuned in to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show with your hosts Rick Staratella and Joe Everett, featuring NFLPA Bowl Executive Director Dane Vandernath. Welcome back here to the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show, our seventh episode of the season already. If you just tuning in for the first time, welcome aboard. If you're back at it again for some more action, hey, we appreciate you. And the 2020, whoa, the 2020 NFLPA Collegiate Bowl uh, will be held January 18th in Pasadena, California at the historic Rose Bowl. We'll be there. We hope you will be too. And along for the ride with me is Joe Everett here, Rick Saratella here, and in this second, Dane Vandernat who actually just popped up on our radar, so we'll get things underway. We'll talk about uh, some games on location that we were at this past week. We'll give you a preview of where we're heading this weekend, and we'll break it all down for the people here. That's what we do, and uh, before we get to Dane, let's welcome in Joe. Uh, How are we doing today, Joe? Another week of college football action in the books and another uh, action-packed weekend ahead. I'm doing great. I mean, just when I don't think I have my act together, I, I just look down at Tallahassee, Florida State, and find, hey, maybe maybe some of my ducks are in a row, at least. <laughs> no doubt about it. Uh, some heat in uh, Tallahassee, some heat uh, at UCLA as well. The Chip Kelly welcoming Oklahoma to town, and uh, all of a sudden that's heat getting hot there. But we're going to talk about the prospects break down the senior players on our radar and uh, discuss some of the uh, sights and sounds that we've been privileged enough to attend. And to do that now, we're going to welcome in the NFL PA Bowl Director of College Recruiting. He is Dane Vandernat. You can follow him on Twitter at DVandernat with all his behind the scenes. And of course, at NFL PA Bowl, uh, really bringing all of our scouts uh, videos and, and behind the scenes information to you guys at home. So we appreciate all the love and support and everybody for following along. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's hard to follow Dan along because he's always on the move. He's actually joining us on the road as we speak. And hey, Dan, we always take time out of your busy schedule. How's the traveling going for you? Well, hey, Rick and Joe, coming to you on the road, on the move as we speak, and on my way to Western Illinois. But uh, travel's been great so far, and always enjoy kind of getting out and seeing the beautiful country in between these stops. How you guys doing? Doing uh, we're awesome, doing great, man. man. Yeah, yeah, go ahead, Joe. Great to good to catch up with you. I'm kind of jealous. I uh, saw you were uh, at the festivities, LSU, Texas. Uh, we got to ask you, man, uh, break it down what you saw. I mean, some awesome throws by Joe Burrow, no doubt, but uh, tons of prospects there. Uh, dude, there are almost too many to watch. You know, it gets difficult when you're sitting there and you just have a scroll of players from both teams playing in the game that you're trying to get your eyes on and Obviously, you know, for both those two teams, they pack the NFL on a regular basis with, you know, excellent players. And both of these programs claim to be DBU. And uh, it'll really be interesting to see kind of both these secondaries in particular, how they kind of rise and which prospects are really going to separate themselves from the pack. But I'll tell you, boys, keep your eye out in a couple of years. LSU has a true freshman starting opposite of senior Christian Fulton. And Christian Fulton's, a, you know, he's a five-star prospect as is. But, you know, they're saying that uh, this this true freshman starting opposite him, he'll be one to really watch in a couple of years as well. But, um, it, Joe, Rick, it was an awesome environment, atmosphere down there. Obviously, Austin was always festive, as Austin tends to be. But, uh, you know, having a, a, a nearby school and powerhouse such as LSU come on in, it really kind of brought out the best in in the city and in the fans and the audience. And, and obviously what a great game to watch as well. Yeah. You know, I threw on the replay last night and I just, you know, had a chance to watch the second half. I mean, just to follow up on Burrow, Joe Burrow, I mean, this looks like a new man in that spread, you know, high octane LSU offense, you know, they've gotten away from the ground and pound and, now they're spreading it out, and I'll tell you what, uh, Joe Burrow looks pretty good there. 
No doubt he did. And that was one thing I was talking with a, a scouting buddy of mine down on the field pregame, and we were kind of talking about Joe Burrow from 27 or 2018, excuse me, and now 20 Burrow in 2019. And then obviously in that game, he goes and just lights it up and, and, and looked, as you said, Rick, and, you know, kind of like a, not a new man, but a reborn, a rejuvenated, a revitalized in this new offense that LSU has where they are spreading the ball around a little bit, getting away from some of their uh, historic ground and pound uh, scheme and plan. But I'll tell you, he definitely was one to, to watch. But LSU, those receivers, oh, my gosh, receivers on both sides as well. I know I was talking about DBs a minute ago, but, you know, you've got some real talented players at the skill positions for both these teams and as well as in the trenches, and it was just awesome. Uh, Dan, I know uh, with uh, Western Illinois, uh, where you're at or headed, but why don't you break down your weekend coming up, uh, the, the whole slate of games, your, your plan of attack, uh, so to speak, uh, for this week. <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what, Joe, I'll tell you, we'll see if I'm successful when it's all said and done. But uh, heading to Western Illinois today, we'll be at University of Illinois and Illinois State tomorrow. And then Saturday is going to be a whirlwind. We're going to start down at, at uh, excuse me, in Champaign, see Illinois take on Eastern Michigan, go head on south to Eastern Illinois and see them uh, take on Illinois State and then try and hightail it out to West Lafayette, Indiana to see Purdue and TCU tomorrow, uh, Saturday night, excuse me. So it'll be a, a, a long, full slate of, of games on Saturday, and, and I'm pumped to see them. Obviously saddened uh, by, the news, by the news this week that Marcus Bailey for Purdue is not going to uh, be on the field any longer this season, but, you know, still anxious to see those Boilermakers and, and as well as some of these prospects from TCU. You know, they've got, they've got some real prospects, especially on that offensive line. Uh, the Lucas Nyan kid, boy, I saw some film on him before, and, and he sure is one to take a look at. I'm, I'm fired up to go see him. Yeah, the offensive tackle there, expected to be a workout warrior. And, uh, you know, follow his trails at NFL PA Bowl, at D. Vandernatz. Uh, you know, Leathernecks on the docket tonight. And then the uh, Illini, the, you know, Illinois, Lovey Smith, you know, they're getting some pro-style coaching over there at that program. And uh, it's exciting times here at the NFL PA Collegiate Bowl. The ninth annual NFL PA Bowl will be January 18th. 2020 at the historic Rose Bowl in Pasadena, California. Uh, Dane, we know you're on the road. We're going to do a quick hit here and get you out of here. Any parting shots uh, in terms of what's going on at the NFL PA Bowl behind the scenes? Anything you want to share with our listening audience before we let you boogie? Now, guys, just uh, sitting here hitting the paved stone and, you know, trying to get this grind going and see as many of these senior prospects as we can. We're pumped up with uh, – I was just talking with Dave McLuhan this morning and Vaughn Hutchins the other day, as well as Raleigh McKenzie joining us on the road here, Rick. And I know all of them are enjoying getting out on the road and seeing these guys, and, and, and I think we're all ready for, for January 18th because we're going to be pumped to see this team on the field. So it's going to be a great show. It's going to be a great environment. And uh, with personalities like Rick and Joe also all around, man, it's just going to be an awesome atmosphere. And can't wait. Uh, good stuff. Keep it cranking as always. Uh, look forward to chatting with you soon. Safe travels. And, uh, you know, we'll be, we'll be in uh, contact for sure. Looking forward to it, fellas. Appreciate it. Have a great one. All right. Yep, you Travel got it. Safe. That's Dane Vandernat, NFL PA Bowl Director of College Recruiting, uh, bringing a whole new staff, a whole new scouting crew. You heard him say we've got guys all over the country uh, scouting it and, and living it. And I'll tell you what, it, it's really exciting times here. I'm I'm pumped up. I'm heading up to uh, Chestnut Hill. Les Miles is coming to town with with his Kansas Jayhawks, and uh, there's there's some players there that we're going to be look, looking at. And then uh, we're going to hit that alarm clock early and boogie down to uh, Delaware. Watch that North Dakota State squad. I haven't had a chance to watch them in person ever, so I'm really excited about the um, the Bison and, and seeing them up close because, Joe, as you know, it seems like each and every year there's always at least one, maybe you know even more than that with these uh, North Dakota State, the FCS 
uh, label, but it's almost like an FBS program, the way they're just cranking out championships at North Dakota, North Dakota State. Oh, and you got your Bill Cox this year, one of my favorite prospects. I mean, I'm finally draft eligible. I've been watching him since he was a freshman, and, uh, you know, our, our our small school ace, Christian Shanafelt's probably rolling his eyes if he's listening now. I've been in his ear about Jabril Cox since, you know, day one. Um, I, I just get giddy watching that cat. I, I know I'm looking at an NFL player and have been um, ever since I've seen the first tackle by him. So I, I, not only do they have it going on, but, yeah, kind of jealous of you guys hitting the road this weekend. Uh, uh, just couldn't make it happen this weekend, but um, definitely I'm going to be following you guys closely, uh, especially, like, any time you get the chance to go out to Fargo. Like, it's not just a brill. Uh, they got a bunch of dudes out there. Yeah, Zach Johnson, another uh, offensive tackle, and uh, we'll be, you know, keeping our eyes peeled for any other players that pop up. Just like last week when we were down in Virginia, you know, I went down and, and, and checking out Bryce Perkins and Bryce Hall. Everybody knows about the two Bryces, but I got news for you. You mentioned Tallahassee. They, they are in for a handful because that Virginia Cavalier team, they are locked. They are loaded. They've got, you know, some underclassmen coming up too. They're just stacked. At that, that Bronco uh, Mendenhall has just really built up that program. Uh, they've got a pair of tackles, uh, you know, sophomores starting. I got a sophomore center just bullying, you know, bullying people in the trenches. I really like this Virginia Cavalier team. I think they're going to finish in the top 15 when it's all said and done. Um, they're going to probably be my pick to be the second-best team in that ACC uh, behind Clemson and, uh, you know, hey – how about Clemson, you know, uh, only winning by 14 points, Joe, this past week. Usually they're, they're routing people. The only uh, two-touchdown two victory for Clemson and uh, the top 25, especially the top 10, staying a lot of the same. Michigan holding on. You know, we talked about my upset pick of the week last week. I almost came true with that Army game, and uh, they gave Michigan a run for their money. But, uh you know, what were, what were some of the games that you had a chance to take in? Who were some of the players that popped out to you this past week? Oh, well, just like you said, I mean, uh, I just want to almost get to you with Virginia, uh, and we're talking about what sticks out about last week is Florida State not being able to get their act together. Uh, for the first time in a long time, Cavs favored by, I think, more than a touchdown in that game. So, like, you want to talk about mm-hmm. – things that aren't the norm, you know, used to be, I mean, Seminoles all day, you know, like with the players. And now it's, it's totally a role reversal. I think the better coach, the better group of players, uh, the better plan of attack, like this whole Cavalier squad. Yeah. It's uh crazy looking, but no, it's, it, it's that game just to touch on it. Um, you know, Joe Burrow, uh, I think he just, did a little bit of Frogger uh, on the rest of that QB mm. class, certainly with the rest of the seniors. Like, uh, he's right now knocking on Justin Herbert's door. Justin Herbert ain't letting him in, and I'm not saying he's any sort of round, but it's just sort of like, oh, wait, no, I'm here now. And uh, that receiving core he's throwing to is just insanely good. A uh, bunch of underclassmen there. Uh, but um, I think the freshman to Derek Stingley is who he is. I got to break it that like his uncle is Daryl Stingley, the Patriots wide receiver that was paralyzed by uh, I think it was mm. Tate back in the day or Tatum. And that, but his his actual dad is a major league baseball player. I mean this whole family is athletes. So like uh, yeah, I think definitely future watch on him without a doubt. And this whole DBU rivalry, Texas as if man. As if you have a chance against LSU, the list is long, <laughs> mighty, and strong. I mean, this, this we're not even breaking it down. But uh, just getting to the seniors here, uh, I think I'll go to the Ohio State game, man. Malik Harrison, he's a big linebacker there. A couple of sacks already, I think, um, just two games. But tone set and type, he's in the backfield, four and a half tackles for loss. He could do a lot of things with that size, I think. Yeah, he could set the edge if asked to in a certain scheme. You know, uh, he, he run fills with the best of them. Uh, might not be today's linebacker because he is a little stocky, kind of bar- barrel-chested, but he's a hitter. 
I think he runs with tight ends. Um, that's I, I don't I don't want to say he's unrated because I think scouting services kind of have him highly touted, but he just gets overlooked in the senior class. Um, the receiver from Tennessee, you know, speaking of overlooked, I know Tennessee's just talk about a bad start. I mean, they could rival Florida State here, uh, but Jawan Jennings is playing his tail off. Uh, I, don't, I know the team's not ideal right now, but what's being lost in that is that Jennings is just balling. He's been on fire. I mean, he's just really impossible to get a hand on in some coverage. I'd like the three touchdowns, I think, already in just, you know, a couple games. But he's a guy, I think, got to move him up the radar. Uh, and then small school watch, you know, uh, small school receivers deserve the love. And Aaron Parker, I think, just had a career high 12 catches. Uh, the guy just eats field up fast, and you, you always question the competition, but I, he he looks like Deshaun Jackson out there on some of these. I mean, he just stacks for uh, corners so fast. His release is clean. I mean, the, he wears that number six. I think he should go by quick six. That guy is just a touchdown waiting to happen in any game. So those are the guys I think they they just they're already on the radar helped improve their stock but there's some surprise seniors I thought um well maybe other people know who they are but I got to fess up uh Wake Forest I've known who Sage Surratt is since last year uh Scotty Washington though the senior like 65 yeah. 225 man wow he had a big time game actually he's had a couple big games really and they're both kind of built the same both them receivers are like power forwards um i think uh washington didn't have a super game he was flagged i think on pass interference at some point in the game but he just uses his body well what you'd expect you know he's that jump ball uh he's just manning guys out boxing them out but um i watched the raiders play and they got daryl waller that you know made that transition, and and I think Scotty Washington yeah. might be this kind of tweener. You know, he's he, he could mm-hmm. have a similar, definitely similar build. Uh, so he's he's on got a. I had to jot his name down, and then I was the same game, man. I'm watching Rice, Nick Leverett, this uh, fullback they've got, or is it, he's like an NC Central grad transfer. He's out there mauling guys. Uh, Rice has got this new. Stanford kind of style of offense. They're running jumbo, and uh, they line him up at fullback, H-back. They're out at tight end, and he's pulling, trapping, and just whacking linebackers and edges. Uh, I don't know exactly what he is at the next level. I'm projecting him as uh, a type of a guard, this uh, Leverett kid. No relation, by the way. Uh, spelled differently, but I think the mobility, mm-hmm. that squatty frame he's got, he's real intense, too. Just like snap to snap, I think uh, just plug in Rice if you're listening right now. He will stick out like a sore thumb, number 55. Uh, he's just so much fun to watch. I guarantee you won't miss him. Just, also, just the biggest kid on the team. I think he's about 310, and I don't have anybody else on Rice's roster list above 300, so he's definitely uh, one that had to jot him down. And then uh, the last of the seniors that I'd be remiss if he didn't include, Daryl Stewart, the receiver from Michigan State. Just blew up for the Sparty. Uh, ten catches, I think a buck eighty-five. But he also threw a pass. So uh, I, I just didn't even have him listed in the wideout senior. That uh, been on the team. Everybody loves him in the locker room, from what I read. So I, I think uh, Daryl Stewart, you sir, are uh, you've made the big board. All right. Well, you know he's got a senior signal caller throwing him the ball in Lewerke over there, who had a. Uh, the three touchdown passes, and, you know, uh, we talked about this on the Infectious Scouting Podcast with Russ Landy. That's a big-time matchup. We'll talk more about it uh, later on with um, Arizona State at Michigan State. That's going to be a great test, and uh, Lewerke playing well here early on in the season. It'll be interesting to see how he responds against that uh, Sun Devils squad. And then um, you mentioned Wake Forest. I had a chance to see them uh, the season opener game. I know Dane was in attendance uh, last week at that Rice game. And it's funny you mentioned uh, Scotty Washington about being a tweener and making the Darren Waller comparison because uh, I had the same thing in my notes, Joe. It's like like great minds think alike or something over here. But, yeah, I think, you know, your point on with that assessment. And, hey, always, always love me some fullbacks. 
Hit us with that name again because I want to go and watch him. Oh, the uh, Le Everett, uh, Nick Leverett. He's the NC Central grad transfer. I'm positive he's number okay. 55 because I've just got memories okay. of this 55 just crushing guy. And, and if you missed it, Jordan Poyer had the uh, make fullbacks great again hat. Uh, I need to know where I can get me one of those. So if you're out there listening and you know where I can get me one of those hats, make fullbacks great again. I love to see them coming back in the NFL. I think more teams are trending towards uh, having a fullback on the roster, and I'm loving seeing some power eye formations. So always on the lookout for some fullbacks. Um, Of course, you should be on the lookout for – prospects as in the nfl draft bible prospectus you can get it now at the nfl draft bible.com make sure uh you use our fa- friends and family discount code the vip familia vip familia and you'll save uh 20 off that all access football package and get our instant download for that 2020 prospectus and a lot of the guys that we're discussing here on the show are listed in the prospectus and um a lot of senior prospects to go over. You mentioned Wake Forest. There's a linebacker there, Justin Sternad. Had a chance to see him. Cade Carney, uh, who looked pretty good breaking tackles, was injured last week. He'll be back healthy this week. Um, so, yeah, there's a lot of uh, names to get to. We'll take a look at week three action and tell you who we're keeping an eye on. But first, Joe, we got to sneak in some underclassmen here because that's what we do here. Um, you and I have been doing this show for a long time, and we want to educate the listening audience at home. So give us a little uh, rundown of some other players that popped onto the radar. Well, in, in fairness, yet another guy from that Texas LSU game uh, just slipped up. Devin Duvernay, a senior. I, I thought oh, yeah. he had a great game. Yeah, I mean, Colin Johnson's the guy that gets the headlines. Well, this guy is an NFL player, too, it looks to me. Uh, so I just, you know, they, you cannot sweep this guy under the rug either. I mean, it's that uh, we can still on just that game. That's all I yeah. heard. Uh, I felt like I should be, like, spreading it on my crackers as I drink my wine and, and eat my cheese. Like, yeah. give me some of that Duvernay <laughs> spread, man. <baby. laughs> it's got a nice ring to it, man. That's that's just, you know, he's he's already on the all-name team. But, uh, no, I'm just uh, – there's a ton of underclassmen, and uh, I think from last weekend, this week, uh, I, I look at this Boise State defense, and I, I love both them safeties. Uh, DeAndre Pierce and uh, Kekwala Kaniho. I'm sorry if I'm uh, tearing that name up, but Kaniho really, they played terrific together. He lines up just outside. I think he's the one more up the line of scrimmage, smacks people, and Pierce is your center fielder type. But about Pierce, uh, that isn't just any Pierce. That is Antonio Pierce's kid. Uh, Antonio Pierce, uh, New York Giants linebacker. Uh, I forget what other teams he had ended up playing for, but he was on that Super Bowl team, I'm pretty sure. And now his son is the free safety. has been for the last few years. I think he was redshirt last season, but – He's the free, and uh, it strikes me as a, a real legit NFL player. If he can just put the whole season together, uh, health will be a, something to monitor. But both those Boise State cats, uh, I think, can play with that defensive line. Man, they're tough out in any game. And then um, we've got to talk about the Florida State kid. Uh, I, I know, once again, I'm sorry about this whole Willie Taggart thing. I mean, uh, he had me duped too. So folks, tell it, 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 it is what it is. But uh, Hamza Nasser Dean, I love it because one of my boys at work is literally named Hamza. So I sent him this bio. It was like, this is your new favorite NFL player <laughs> coming up. Be on the ready, Hamza. Uh, kids just like a jacked up safety for the Seminoles. They let him in tackling last year and uh, – Probably going to pace him again this year as much time they're about to spend on defense. Uh, he still, what sticks out is he forced three fumbles already in two games. And the way the league's going, we talked about it not two podcasts ago with Dane. The linebacker position is totally morphing into these hybrid safety, uh, rover type. Like, well, you know, we're looking yeah. for Talvin Smith, we're looking for Darius Leonard. And Darius Leonard even said, he played all last season at 2'11", 2'10", uh, whatever he weighed. 
uh, 6'2", and this, this Nasrul Dean is about 6'4", 220, uh, whatever, 215, I don't know, but, like, that's kind of the new, the the new hotness, so to speak, in these defenses that you're looking for not just a guy that can chase sideline to sideline and deliver the blow, but he needs to run with tight ends. He needs to be able to play that that funnel in the cover two or cover three and just be responsible for the entire between the hashes back here. And this this former safety might uh, be able to make the transition. I don't know. It's once again, we're talking so many years in advance on underclassmen that, uh, but wow, there's a lot to work with there. And if he just keeps on this trajectory, uh, you definitely have to include him in the conversation and I'll close it out with bloodlines because I'm obsessed with bloodlines. Pat Swilling has a son. His name is Trey. He goes to Georgia Tech. Uh, he's a redshirt sophomore, technically draft eligible. But if you remember that first Georgia Tech-Clemson game, he's the one that picked off Trevor Lawrence early, almost took it to the house. Uh, credit Trevor Lawrence for being an athlete, chasing him down. But if you all don't remember Pat Swilling, all-pro Saints linebacker, pass rush, feed oh, yeah. He was at Tech, and this is like a, a Tech legacy. They got this kid. They shouldn't even have this kid. They're lucky to have him. But uh, didn't really blow it up week two, but still, like, uh, I think on the on the radar flat out because half the coaching staff in the NFL are going to remember that last name. And be like, holy cow, I'm going to go talk to this kid right now. Like, that's uh, Trace Will. Well, I, I'm, hey, I'm making the mental uh, note as we speak because uh, Georgia Tech coming to my neck of the woods. I'll be down, uh, I think, in a couple of weeks. Jeff Collins uh, coming back to town with Georgia Tech to visit Temple. Um, you know, that's going to be an intriguing matchup. And, you know, you mentioned Antonio Pierce. You know, he did a coaching internship with the Giants a couple of years back. Now he's on that Herm Edwards staff at Arizona State. Um so, yeah, interesting. Did not know he had a son playing, so I'll be keeping a lookout for him as well. And, you know, Joe Everett never leaves a stone unturned. If you're not following him on Twitter, at Joe W. Everett, then, hey, you're just doing something wrong. And, uh, of course, you know, at NFL Draft Bible and at NFL PA Bowl, again, the ninth annual NFL PA Collegiate Bowl will be held January 18th, 2020. Book it now. There's going to be a ton of talent on the field. Uh, we are going to be selecting 112 of the top prospects from across the country, really around the globe. If there's some international guys, I know there's a international combine coming up next month out in uh, Germany that we'll be keeping tabs on. Hey, if there's any draft-eligible players there that we can get into the game, you know we will do it. Of course, we'll have a member of each of the uh, service academies, a player represented from Army, Navy, the Air Force academies. Uh, so we'll have our uh, salute to service and, and military presence at the NFLPA Bowl. Exciting times. And, uh, you know, it's an exciting time every time uh, the weekend rolls around because it just means, hey, more college football, Joe. So let's uh, look ahead, week three, who we're keeping an eye on. Before we do, let's spread around some of this haterade because, I mean, we've been hating on, on Taggart down in Florida State, but um, I don't mean to be a negative uh, person, but, you know, check out the Infectious, spotting, uh, infectious Scouting podcast that we do on iTunes and Blog Talk Radio, and, and I'm curious to get your thoughts and your take on it because I was talking to Russ about Chip Kelly. I mean, just the fall from grace a couple of years ago. This guy's on top of the world. Uh, you know, really, if you take a look at a lot of the offenses, both at the NFL and collegiate level, a lot of them are emulating what Chip Kelly introduced, these up-tempo spread attacks. And, boy, oh, boy, I mean, it's just, you know, it goes to Philly, and, and it's a disaster. You know, San Francisco is a debacle. And now, you know, UCLA has got um, – Oklahoma coming to town, almost four touchdown favorites. I mean, this game could be really ugly. And Chip Kelly, I hate to say it, I mean, he could be back in that ESPN studio rather quickly, but I just can't explain it. It's one of those unsolved mysteries. I mean, what what has happened? He was so far ahead of the curve for a long time, and now they done caught up. 
I honestly believe, but let's let's give credit where it is due. Eagles done won a Super Bowl with Chip Kelly's offense, RPOs, and that quarterback. Like they just basically reverted uh, from everything they were doing when Foles went out, or uh, sorry, Wentz went out. Like so, that's unfortunately Chip's like hidden legacy for whatever that's worth. But uh, no, I think he established kind of the today's college offense and like a lot of people are doing what he's doing. It's just, it is so difficult uh, to, I think, press the reset button for him out at uh, UCLA right now. And man, that quarterback does not look like the guy at all. I, I, he's, he, he so desperately needs to get his signal caller in there. But um, yeah, I expected a lot more. I will be honest. And you might be right. It's he's, could be primed for a booth here pretty soon, but I look at that guy as uh, he still wouldn't be there long. And another program will give him an opportunity because uh, he wants it. You wow. can tell. And listen to an interview with him uh, just just this off season, like how many clinics he attended, how many campuses he visited, how many team facilities and different places he went yeah. to self search and self improve. Like all I do know is that Chip Kelly wants to coach. So uh, it's it's not for fault of trying, man. The guy has pursued. He's tried to change. He's tried to, like I said, you know, sort of self-investigate, like, what am I doing wrong? Uh, and a- ask himself the tough questions. But, uh, man, yeah, the results have not been there. I, I, can't, I can't really uh, give him an excuse or an out there. Yeah, no, it's just tough to figure it out. And, you know, hopefully I'm wrong and, and, and UCLA can – Surprise us all, but I mean, man, Oklahoma coming to town. There's going to be a stampede there. Oh, um, they're going to get man. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be uh, a long day for Chip and those uh, Bruins over there. But um, week three, college football action. Uh, what matchups, Joe? Are you looking ahead to? I, I think it's got to be Purdue, TCU, and um, uh, and I think that we're going to see the debut of Jack Plummer from the Arizona area, redshirt freshman, should have been playing before this. Uh, I want to say, like, the only reason he wasn't in last year and they they just gave him the redshirt is because they had the two upperclassmen with Blau and Sindelar. Uh, But this is the time, like, everyone's waiting for this to happen, I think. But um, now, granted, though, uh, there still is some players to throw to, and, like, Rondell Moore is the star of this offense, but Bryson Hopkins, man, I think off to a great start and uh, sort of low key tight end in this class that it's like, no, I do a lot of things extremely well. And uh, he's just brick, brick shit house is what he's built like, man, like tackling that guy. It's a serious business decision for a corner. Like they've got to rethink things if they want to make it the rest of the season. I mean, this is the son of Brad Hopkins, I believe, like left tackle for the, the Tennessee Titans slash Houston Oilers back in the day, played in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, Hopkins is legit. And then I'm I, I, I not yet going to call this a win, but freshman David Bell does look like a bit of a star. First collegiate catch for a touchdown. I've, I've that kid – uh, I'm just breaking it down. He has not lost a game in a long time before he got to Purdue. Like he was a winner on that basketball team for two years, two years in the football team. He's just, he's a gamer. Uh, and um, the last one, I think you guys called it right off the bat, Lucas Neong. Uh, he's got a challenge on his slate. This little freshman, the Greek kid, Carlyptus, uh, Carlaptus, uh, starts with a K. This is the best pass rusher Purdue done had since Kerrigan, and he reminds me a lot of Kerrigan. I mean, he just is so instant and strong with his hands as a frosh. Like he's already jacking dudes back in the into the into the backfield, and I you I know for a fact he's not yet turned twenty. Like this is an impressive young kid there. So I, I think Neon versus that freshman phenom is going to be something to watch, and then. Man, I don't care what anybody says. Oh, there's no rank versus rank games. There's some just good games. Iowa, Iowa State. Um, you already know it's mm-hmm. going to be a bloodbath. College game days there, jacking everybody up. But I think Tristan Wirfs out there playing the little left tackle now against that who uh, was a Ricky, probably butchering his name. Um, they also got a senior end, uh, Matt Leo. 
Uh, I think uh, Uwazariki's a draftable edge type player, so that matchup with Wirfs, unfortunately, I still I think that uh, Alaric Jackson's out with the with the injury, so we don't get to see him. But this whole Cyclones linebacker core is something to watch. Uh, they got a super soft in Mike Rose. Got to wait on him, but Marcus Spears, the senior, is a player. And then uh, the, after week one, kind of discovered the wide receiver they got to watch, LaMichael Petway. Uh, Cameron Petway's uh, younger brother is who he is. Hmm. If you all remember Cameron Petway running back at uh, Auburn, he ended up retiring uh, due to injury. I think he's going into coaching, but uh, he's one to watch. And then I think always Ohio State, Indiana. Really, you have to watch this game. I mean, it's a rivalry, and my, my guy Malik Harris, you know, I brought up. Has his hands full with that Stevie Scott. I um, I don't know if Scott's eligible. He might be a redshirt sophomore, uh, but that running back, he is a 220-plus uh, big-time back. So we're going to see some uh, collisions in there, some big-time run fills. And shout-out to North Texas versus Cal. I think Mason Fine, Rico Bussey, that high-flying offense versus the Cal secondary. They got a draftable safety, Ashton Davis. So if, if you're up late watching that one and then – yeah, Michigan State, Arizona State, right? Like, that's that, – I think matchups galore there. Uh, namely, the center, who we like, uh, Cole Cabral, against that uh, Michigan State defensive line just all over the place. And then, uh, well, the Willikas, their edge, the I think. Yeah, Arizona State's got a couple of senior tackles, Robertson, Miller. So, uh, just that whole – when Arizona State's on offense, I think is something intriguing to watch. Um because Willikas, he's putting on a show. I know I wanted to talk a little smack about him. Uh, I don't know exactly what he's going to be at the. I, I still think he might end up being a linebacker, uh, more so than an actual all, all all down edge type guy at the next level. But the the motor never stops. He he doesn't stop running. He doesn't stop talking. He doesn't stop jumping on top of his teammates. I mean, this is he looked like a player to me. I don't just give him a helmet. We'll find a spot for him. Yeah, you know, um, you brought up Ohio State and your boy, J.K. Dobbins. I mean, big, big day last week, 141 rushing yards, two touchdowns. And, you know, where do you see just kind of the senior running back class with Dobbins and Zach Moss uh, coming off an injury? Like, how do you have those guys stacked? Uh, and is, is there any other senior running backs that have a chance to be you know, take that title as top senior running back. But Dobbins, man, looking good so far early on. Oh, Dobbins is another guy I think just kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Um, got him as a junior, I think, but I probably uh, just haven't missed is he? Okay. that place. It's, yeah, it feels like he's been around forever. <laughs> exactly, because he's been going since he's a freshman. Uh, but that's, I think, going to be the bearer about this whole – running back class this year, there's a lot of guys that potentially could get lost in the shuffle. I mean, just players. We were just talking about it the last podcast. Like, no one's talking about Stephen Carr, the Trojans running back, who's arguably one of the faster players on this team, on that, uh, I think, the squad. But, yeah, as, as far as the juniors, I mean, he's he's still top ten. But, yeah, the Akers kid, the Swift kid, there's so many names. The seniors, I still – if I had to pick one of them, I think right now I like Vaughn the best, but it's just kind of a muddled class. I mean, you could honestly talk me into the uh, Robinson kid at uh, TCU. I mean, if he was ever healthy again, I mean, that 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 TCU kid I always thought was the, the bomb. But um, now I think Vaughn all around, pass protection, uh, receiving abilities he's got, like that's the back I would say is – ready to go. Uh, Moss at Utah, that's the, another one. It's just where he, where is he at with the medical? You, just no question he could play. But, yeah, I'd, I'd begrudgingly give it to Vaughn at this point. But, yeah, if Dobbins is in that class, he's clearly the number one, and no doubt. Yeah, Vaughn, of course, at Vanderbilt. And then, you know, you mentioned Purdue. Unfortunately, some bad news with Marcus Bailey out for the season. His second ACL. Um, so we'll see, you know, does he risk coming back to play another season or does he dip his toes into the NFL draft pool? And, hey, 
mad props to Joe Everett because, you know, only two freshmen cracking the NFL Draft Bible top 100 in the prospectus, one of them being uh, your guy, Mr. Ball, David Ball, or Bell, I should say. Get it right, Rick. Get it right. Hey, if you don't know Bring the name, you're going to know the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, all all he's doing is averaging 26 yards per catch. Uh, so, you know, uh, earning his keep in the NFL Draft Bible prospectus. Make sure you go check that out, NFLDraftBible.com. Of course, Joe is at Joe W. Everett. You can follow all of our interactions at the – NFL Draft Bible, and then, of course, here at the NFL PA Big Board Show, uh, we're breaking it down. Game recaps, we've got on-location reports at the NFL PA Bowl website. You can follow them at NFL PA Bowl. January 18th, 2020, where will you be? I'll be in Pasadena, California. How about you, Joe? Uh, Before we wrap it up, hey, bless the people out there with a parting shot, my man. I don't know, man. I think I might be done with Harbizzle. Uh, after that game, hmm. I'm I'm expecting uh, so so much more effort, so much more preparation. Not only are we still having quarterback issues, the offense hasn't got it to get like they couldn't run the ball. Uh, they're having problems beating Ohio State. I, I may be throwing in the towel on my main man there. I, I, there's no doubt he's a recruiter. He's, he's, he's brought in a, a different type of athlete. That's that's all well and good, but he brought in all those, the, like the Army and Navy triple option types. He's got this great rushing defense. They have the prep time. Some things just never change, man. I think Michigan and I, I don't know, we might be done. Not Certainly not Chase Winovich. Uh, you know, that's one thing I should close with. I'm, I'm watching week one, man, of the NFL season with a smile on my face because, you know, Winovich, the Patriots love him. This is one of one of the guys that was around about this time last year, to, trying to not hurt my table too bad, banging it. And then for the Buffalo Bills, Devin Singletary replacing LaShawn McCoy. Speaking of bang the table, Rick's got one broken table in the backyard right now because of <laughs> Devin Singletary. It's a fact. And then I'll close it with Preston Williams. Miami Dolphins, uh, Justin yeah. Gamble, he would not shut up about Preston Williams. Like, you guys yep. don't understand how good he is. And I'm sitting there like, all right, we can watch the setups <laughs> again, man. But I just And here it is. Not only does he make the team as a UDFA, uh, he scores a touchdown week one, established instant chemistry with Rosen. I think uh, the, the Dolphins got a keeper there. Yeah, you know, the uh one of the lone bright spots for the uh, Dolphins could be Preston Williams and um you know, Terry McLaurin. I mean, oh yeah. He goes up, he, he lights up Mobile Joe and then he runs like a 4-3-5 at the combine and I think he was in the 4-2 range at the at the pro day and yet you know, he I, I forget where he went in the draft, but I mean I think we were everybody, I mean the whole draft Bible familiar was on the table stomping, never mind pounding. We were stomping the table for this guy. I just don't get it. I mean it's it, again, another unsolved mystery. I just don't understand why he was taken higher. I don't know if I'll ever be able to figure out that one. I don't know if you have any thoughts there, but I mean he just looks oh, very, very hungry. What was it, like third round? Was he? So Okay. Yeah, the the Redskins, I think, put their stamp on the kid, I mean, especially after they took Haskins. It's like, no, we're we're going to take someone he definitely has chemistry with, but not only that, I think they saw complete player. I mean, just totally complete, like not just offense, special teams. He will take your head off as a gunner, and he's out there in Mobile coaching up the other players on special teams. I, I think the Redskins... Uh, brass saw that and they're like no we we don't have to do as much work with this player and he'll help us do our work so I they they, they definitely put their stamp but still I would argue he was worth more like we were we were locking him in the top 100 I think in Mobile and then the combine happened and it's like man how high does he go was the question so still I, I would argue someone should have taken him higher than the than the, the ground 
All right, well, here on the NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Big Board Show, we do take phone calls. It's just always jam-packed action. I never get a chance to promote the phone number. It's 215-383-3939. And we're going to go over to the phone lines right now. We'll see if our caller has a question. Sometimes people just call in to listen to the show. Whatever the case may be, I do a poor job keeping an eye on the switchboard. So we'll go over to the phone line, see if we have an actual question. Uh, 724 uh, we're going to punch you in on the line. Do you have a question for us? How are you today? Good, sir. Thank you. I, I do actually have a question for you, gentlemen. Um, and it's going to be the elephant in the room for the 2020 NFL draft. Tua from Alabama. Um, if we're looking at last year, if you go back uh, the year before the game, he saved them to replace Hurts against Georgia, and then led him to the national championship. And then you go to the beginning of the last year, and in my eyes and a lot of other people's eyes, that Alabama offense was being compared to some probably the best offense in college football history with Tua at the helm. And all of a sudden, towards the end of the year, you know, against Auburn, and then obviously against Georgia, and people can say he was injured or not, Something started to change in my view where he was getting exposed a little bit and this Alabama offense and team obviously wasn't one of the best of all time. And obviously we saw that in the game against Clemson. So I guess my question for you is what's your opinion of two? Has it changed from last year where, Alabama was almost invincible to now where, in my opinion, he's I'm starting to see some issues, and I don't know if it's because teams are game planning for him or it's just uh, Alabama. Um, they just have so many skill positions, and you put him in the NFL when he's going to be on an even playing field. Has Tua taken a step back? I, I mean, he was looked, you know, at a year ago as maybe one of the best of all time, a surefire number one pick in the 2020 draft. Now, I have major question marks in, in my eyes. Well, hey, we appreciate the call, all valid points, and we'll break it down for you right now. Joe, your thoughts? QB1, unequivocally. I'm I'm not backing off him. That guy's a gamer, and more specifically, what he's played through. Um, man, we broke down that injury, that special procedure he had with like a slip knot being installed in his foot. He comes back in less than how many weeks to go ball out? Yeah. Uh, I think I, I, that strikes me as a guy would sacrifice anything to go out there and play for his teammates. So I know that. I've got someone that's all in. And then on the football sense, uh, he's just done some things early that belie his age. I think there's just so much upside right there. Uh, The real clear – I think the caller brought it up. It's just the injury that really sapped him of some of the things that really – what he does well, getting out of the pocket, buying extra time, freelancing. It's hard not to compare him uh, a little bit to Russell Wilson. I mean, not not only just sort of physically in the game, the stylistic approach, but I'm comparing him to the other quarterbacks in this class is still the issue. I'm not convinced. Like, just what I said, is Justin Herbert going to die for this? Tomorrow he wakes up, someone offers him, uh, you know, a pile of money. You don't have to play football ever again. He takes the pile of money is what I'm guessing. I, I, not Tua. I think Tua wants to play. There's a lot of want to there to where is that I, it, I, I, I just, I guess he's, he's, he's sold me uh, for fact, but I will agree with the caller for fact. Uh, there is some games where he's looked lost. Uh, I, I do credit it to injury, but uh, and I, I don't know if this is the best uh, offense ever all time or whatever. It's just, uh, it, it is awful fun to watch with these receivers. So uh, one thing I do wonder about is, is he playing with the best wide receiver core he's ever going to play with in his life? <laughs> these guys are like all Ferraris and Lamborghinis around them. Testarossa over here, like with Judy and, and rugs and, you know, you know, with, 
where do you get a, pro, a copy of the prospectus with some of these wide receiver breakdowns? I mean, these guys, uh, it, it's just, I think right now um, you have to put them at QB1 because I just don't see a potential guy to take him off the, the, the pedestal right now just for the simple fact that, hey, the Lawrence kid just ain't in this class. Um, so, right. yeah, for me, I'm still a Tua man. Yeah, I mean, three wide receivers in our top 100 overall, so he does have a talented supporting cast. And, you know, maybe some of that uh, gleam and, and, and luster is has come off a little bit. But, hey, at the end of the day, I mean, in terms of this pure skill set, I agree with you, Joe, when you compare him to the other quarterbacks who are eligible in the draft. I'll take Tua over Herbert. I'll take Tua over Fromm. I'll take Tua over Burrow. Um, I don't think – anyone's knocking him off that pedestal except himself. And that's, you know, again, with the medical, you know, he's had some ankle injuries. Uh, We talk about the uh, tightrope procedure done by Dr. Thomas Clanton. That's relatively new, but him, he was back on the field in no time. And uh, Cam Robinson, the the Jaguars offensive tackle was actually the first player to ever undergo that type of surgery to, I think was the second, but, you know, I think he's still, the guy, and unless something, you know, checks out horribly with the medical on the ankles, I I think, you know, he has a really good chance to potentially be the number one pick in the 2020 NFL draft, and if it's not a QB-needy team and maybe Chase Young goes number one, I still think Tua will be the top quarterback off the board. And uh, with that being said, we're going to put a ribbon on this episode here on the NFL PA Big Board Collegiate Bowl, we do appreciate your caller. Uh, 724, I think, was the area code. So thank you so much for calling in. And, again, if you want to get in on the action next week, 215-383-3939. Special shout-out to Dane Vandernat at D. Vandernat for joining us, the NFL PA Bowl Director of College Recruiting. I think we'll have our guy, Von Hutchins, back with us next week to break down, give us uh, some perspective on the NFL PA Bowl Scouting trails, of course, Joe Everett never, ever, ever leaves the stone unturned. Follow him at Joe W. Everett. Uh, follow us at NFL Draft Bible. And again, get all the NFL PA Bowl action covered at NFL PA Bowl. Keep it locked on the website for our on-location reports. Go get that NFL Draft Bible prospectus. Use our promo code VIP Familia, And we'll be back right here next week. Till the next time, everybody. The NFLPA Collegiate Bowl Watchlist Show is part of the All Access Football Network. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe.